0: When I was young, I didn't think I was creative at all, like at all. I, I remember like distinctly wondering if I was creative, like could I do anything? Because when I was younger, I thought creativity only had to do it like art.
1: You are now listening to We Are Crayons, the podcast. Conversations with Trinidad and Tobago's creative thinkers and makers. We'll delve into their processes, their struggles, and what drives them to execute continually as creative individuals. I'm your host, Dan McNicol. Do enjoy. David, thanks for joining
0: us today. You're making history. i um, being the first. Yeah, I, I understand the, the gravity of the moment fully. Because <laughs> number ones in podcasts, yeah, episode number one.
1: Right, so I just want to get started by asking a, a bit about yourself. So tell me first and foremost,
0: who are you and what do you do? Alright, real name David Hamilton, um, artist name Subriki, The Face. Um, I am a rapso artist, rapso, let me, I would say rapso slash hip-hop because I'm very hip-hop influenced. And um, I also, well, I've been uh, an artist for like a decade now seriously practicing it uh, roughly around there and i also have a recording studio now called feature crab studios which was a big milestone for me i opened that up two years ago and yeah that's the important thing awesome so i I want to kind of go even further back to like
1: your childhood kind of understand what brought you into this thing that we call creativity so before we do that just tell me what does creativity mean to you
0: creativity to me is about um solving problems so like recently like i was reading i read in like these days i read not a leonardo da vinci stuff right and when you read like how he ends up how he um painted certain things he revolutionized stuff mainly because um he he really saw observed nature. No? That was his scientific curiosity, and what he was trying to solve is he was trying to solve how could you make things more realistic? How you could make things? He wanted to draw things three-dimensional. He wanted to show things in movement. No? So even uh, when he was painting like the Madonna images and stuff, he drew things to the side, and that was because he observed stuff. It was actually a problem he was trying to solve. No? So that's how he got creative with it. So that's why I see creativity as generally is like you're trying to solve something. How do you do it? Which way are you take that?
1: Do you think at a young age you will consider yourself a creative person, or is that something that you grew into as you grew up?
0: When I was young, I didn't think I was creative at all. Like at all. I I remember like distinctly wondering if I was creative. Like, could I do anything? Because when I was younger, I thought creativity only had to do with like art, right? Drawing couldn't draw at all, I couldn't paint, I sucked at all those things, so I was like, hey, why not creative, boy? And like, <laughs> I remember trying to do art and craft, and like, damn, boy, just not creative. It's only when, like, I learned about poetry and started writing, as, and like, writing, like, stories and thing, and stuff, and then my teachers were like, hey, this is really good. I was like, oh, okay, I could create something. So was that secondary school? That would have been late primary school, Early secondary school. Where you went to school? My secondary school was presentation college in Sandro. So like but even then I wasn't really like jumping out and like doing like poetry or going to any poetry slams or I wasn't like performing or anything. I was just doing like little things on my own. It's only when I, I reached UI that um I just decided to to like take it further. Actually, they had an incident that happened that was real embarrassing. That kind of led to me actually pushing it right. properly. Because in UE, I went up for the, I think it was Mr. Uevus or some trash like that. For some reason, they asked me why. I decided to say, all right, I'll jump out myself. Went into that. Decided to do a poem. It didn't go across well at all. you remember the poem? Nah, boy. But it wasn't like what you think. Eh? It wasn't like... Like, a poem, like, I was trying to be sappy or anything. It was just some poem I did. But the audience wasn't there for any poetry at all. So I think I, like, I get booed. So I was, like, when I did that song, that poetry, I was, like, I kept telling myself, you know, if I did a song, that would not happen. And that's when I started writing songs. Like, that moment, I was, like, yeah, I'm going to write songs that we're going to do. I'm not going to do any more poetry. Yeah, we always have to reach our inflection point or something that veers
1: that us into the direction that I think we need to go. So, in terms of your family, though, is there anybody else that would have considered, in the traditional sense, a creative person um, that
0: may have influenced you in, in any way? Yeah, for sure. My um, late aunt was the greatest influence on me in terms of that because. And she was the principal of our primary school, which was like a private school down um, Seco called Beach Camp Primary School. And what she used to do is every year, she used to have like plays and things. So you had to be, everybody had to be in the play. It wasn't like a school where like you could choose to be, you have to be there. And if you do not want to act, you had to do like backstage or something. So I just got accustomed to doing that. So... I actually like write plays and, and I only could write plays because of her you now. Because I had to read so much scripts since I was like five and thing like you're learning lines and thing. I kind of understood how to do that you now. So most of my writing and stuff came from her. And she was like, at least in that area, she was well respected in terms of music. She used to play piano and all those kind of things. So she was the one who kind of, not, not directly, like she took me under her wing or anything, but She was the biggest role model I had in terms of creativity in my family. And then, like, my uncle, he plays quattro and thing. He has a pang band, and he he always is involved with playing quattro and stuff. And my grandfather used to play piano, so my family have, have have a lot of that. So, but even with all of that, it's not
1: something that you naturally gravitated to.
0: Nah. And especially the type of music, too, because being with the like rap so hip hop thing, my family wasn't really into that. Like that type of stuff. But just having the example um right. kinda helped me a little so, bit.
1: So so say for instance, so then coming out of secondary school, what did you have any ideas to what
0: direction you wanted to head into or? Um kinda, not really. By profession and thing, I do software development, computer science, that kind of thing. And that's why I have my degree in and whatnot. But i more gravitated there just because I like computers. And so that's how I got into it. So I remember when I finished um, secondary school or was going to finish, I could have been an engineer or a computer scientist. And I had the, 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 the grades to be an engineer. I just was like, well, I think I prefer computer science. I just like computers. And that was the reason. I didn't have any other deep reason. I didn't have anything to do with money, because if I, I would probably just go engineering and sure. So it was just like one of those things now. I didn't, um, I didn't think anything deep about it. So what about computer
1: science? that you know, pulls you that you went into that as a career.
0: What I like about it is computer science still has a lot of element of um, artistry and, and a lot of creativity in it as well. Because when you work in on a application or you're building something even though you're working with a team and you have like real um guidelines and you have to stick to something you always find yourself working on at least parts of the program yourself and as or on you know like nobody can really tell you or will or will tell you like how to like how to do certain things so you could still it's still up to you to decide i think like for example if you have to build um, a form for somebody to fill out something, right? People will tell you, yeah, I want it read and whatnot. But they wouldn't probably tell you, well, how to display a message or this or that. So you still have a little bit of creativity into it. And I like that. And actually, one of the things that really drew, drew me into um, computer science, which I was doing for a little while, is creating games and things. I was into that for a little bit. So I really like that aspect. I actually, I'm a really big video game nerd as well, too. I really, really um into that. What type of games did you create? A dancing game. This was like years ago, probably a decade ago. Like, um, I guess like Dance Dance Revolution, but it would have been on your phone. So you'd like tap buttons and time to the music and then somebody would whine. I was actually working on that. Yeah. How does the
1: culture be in... Trinidad and Tobago influence what you do now
0: for some reason it's always real important to me to show off where I'm from in anything I do like so that's why when I first developed that game I was like even though they had dance dance revolution and whatnot my first thought was I'd do something around soccer and whining specifically like the dancing in, in my game would have been whining and like similarly with my music, I always try to do something that's about Trinidad culture. I don't know why but I just ingrained that, it, that way from the start. Now, like most people, even the, even the rappers I know who rap with a Trinidad accent, most of them said that they started with an American accent. But I never ever did that. Now. I never ever thought like I would do that. Now, that's just how I wired from the start, and that's like what informs everything I do creatively in anything. Another thing too, even when I used to write plays and scripts and stuff. A lot of people, when they put it on a play, would buy, like, a play from Estates and convert it or something. But I would always write, like, about a Trinidad story, you know. That's just, like, everything I do is, like, is that. I'm not into the, like, not representing Trinidad.
1: I'm curious about this, right? What do you think the culture of Trinidad to be
0: um, In a nutshell, the big things I, I would think is, um, hmm, that's a really interesting question. It seems easy, but it's not that easy a question. I think so I will look at it in two ways. On one hand, I think it's a certain vibe Trinity's have that inform everything. We have a kind of carefree, easygoing, fun-loving culture, right? And then they have certain big aspects of that that I think that um that intertwine everything. Like carnival is a and carnival culture is a big part of it. Or the racial makeup of the country has a huge part to play in it, I like how we interact with each other and, and all the things we brought forward from, um, like, like that racial makeup as well because you have the the holidays and some things we observe. That's a big part of it. Um, the way politicians move in this country have a big part of our culture as well because, giving you examples like, um, because politicians have so much control over resources in our country. And in Caribbean Caribbean countries on the whole, they have people dependent, highly dependent on them now. So we have a kind of culture where like, we depend on the government now. And you see that even um, bleeding to music as well. Because I read a, a lot about independent artists in the U.S. And as the norm for artists suggests, do things on the owner. But in Trinidad, you, you would hear a lot of artists complain about Well, why this one didn't do that? This one didn't do that. This one didn't do that. But they don't realize how much power they have, now. So that's an example of like how our culture is, and that's directly informed. So I think all those things together inform our culture, and I try to um, in my music a lot. I try to talk about those different stories. Like I remember having, I have songs where I talk about like picking mango. Like our song called "Neighbor Tree," talking about that. which is the experience I had done so mainly and like all those those things. I have songs about politics and all those things I think I I believe comprise our culture.
1: In your music, what would you say is like the most poignant part that you could pull out and use in a way to educate, I guess, somebody who's not from Trinidad to kind of give them a sense of what Trinidad is or who
0: Trinidad is. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, I think I can think of something. So I had a song with um, Mikazmiastic. Shout out to them. There's a um, hip-hop group in Trinidad. A song called From an Island. The, the, the whole idea of the song is that people think they think that because we're from an island we are stereotyping now. Let me see if I can remember the chorus properly. <laughs> oh yeah, is uh, where I from. We from an island, but people think that we swinging, we swinging from trees. iPad, they don't think we have these more than the rice and peas. That's 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 the the, the um, chorus now. Right. So that chorus just shows that a lot of people who not from Trinidad think that the island or Trinidad Island is a certain way, but we go within the song to explain like. We up on technology now. Because anybody who is from Trinidad know that people in Trinidad like real up on technology, latest iPhone, Samsung devices, all those kind of stuff. So I think that song I would point to because it, it would show what the real Trinidad is now, not what people see, which is they might just see bees and thing and think, these people just be on the road playing Mars all day. They don't know anything else, you know?
1: Well, I mean, I guess that because that's really the biggest image that we put out as who we are as Trinidad and Tobago. And um, I mean, I guess this is part reason for this podcast. It's part reason for a big box of crayons in general um, to kind of widen that view of what Trinidad and Tobago is as as a creative place um, and whatnot. So David, being a lover of Suka, why
0: hip-hop? Ah, uh, that's a real good question. Because I felt like... Um, the way suka is, and I love soccer don't get me wrong, I'm a real extreme lover of suka. I listen to suka like, almost, I don't want to say 24-7, but even, like, when it's not carnival, I will, like, pump suka and stuff. But the thing is, suka, the way soccer is set up is not set up for you to talk about, like, certain issues. Certain things you could kind of fit in, maybe maybe you could slow down the beat, but in the one, work as a soccer if you want to, like, talk about, like, you know, you, you, you still have to put, so, for example, right, even if sookah, they have, like, let's say, um, Ravi B Song Budget. That's a social commentary, right? I mean, we could debate it whether it's so or chutney, but, right? He talk about a social commentary, but he spin it into a humor, no? He spin it into humor because at the end of the day, sookah is upbeat music. So, even if you're talking about a serious issue, you still will have to do that, now. But if I'm talking about a issue, I have, I have a song called Don't Like... Right? And in that song, when I wrote that song, I wrote that song right after one of the budgets. I was pissed off. I wrote that song. Right? And that song is not about no fun loving shit. That song was like, sorry. That song is not about any fun loving thing. That song is like you all just read a set of things in the country and I pissed off. They have no fun loving or party into that. I can't express that in suka. nobody wants to go in a party and hear a pissed off song. <laughs> they, they still want to hear, like when Bungie does something clever, it still has some kind of euphoria or you still have to get back to Bowie Happy, Bowie fetten, or Bowie, you know, like jamming still. You The city go but we jamming still. And the thing is, it have an irony to that, but people still jamming still, you understand? But my the music I want to do, and I respect that, I could do that as well now, but sometimes I want to do something that is not happy when you hear it you know like is oh i might do like a story about like one of these songs i have on my new album um moogle music i did a song dedicated to like my family you know, and just a set of different things about it and i talked about my aunt who um, passed away and stuff I can't do that in a suka song you know, it, it just really work now. So, so in, in a sense, it's just a matter of the platform for the best delivery. Yeah, and me as an artist, that's why that's what I want to do now. Like, you know, um, just, so just to contrast it, like my little brother, he's a Suka artist. He, um, not that he doesn't feel those things, but in his music, he expresses that um, more fun love inside of him than me doing this. But me, I'm a person, I want to get the full range of stuff out and, you know. Seems like that hip-hop slash rap so seems like the best vehicle to do that. Where did you start then? Who were your influences in that regard? So I will say So I started as hip-hop, but the lines really blur there. Because because I rap with a Trini accent, most people who not into hip-hop will just say, Hey, he did rap so. You know, that's what it sounds like to them now. So the, the lines Really blurred. But when I started, my big influences was Kanye West. Um, But Lil Wayne came after. When I started, it would have been Kanye West, Eminem were being too. And like on the Trini side, I always really admired Three Sons. Like really, really admired them guys. I find them guys amazing. So you don't know that? More like. Kiskidi Caravan and... Nah, no, I know, I, okay. I know, you know. know Kiskidi Caravan and General Grant. And yeah, I actually have the Kiskidi Caravan CD. No, not your actual CD, but I have the CD home, big up um, Ozzy Merck. Right. I got that. I always wanted that. I didn't get to go because my... I was living down Palo Seco, so I couldn't go right. Kiskidi Caravan when it was, right. it was like thing. But I used to see the ads on TV, I think. Right. So I, I know what them stuff, stuff, but I find treason is like... Three Sons is one of the most lyrically gifted um, things that ever happened to soccer music. And I mean they um, I mean their music's still upbeat yeah, but it's just like how they put it down. I always admire that. Uh, especially Menace, who goes by M1 now. I find he was amazing. And Bungie, of course. Marshall as well. Like I always. Something about um, how Marshall delivered stuff, I was admired as well. I don't think... Now, here's the weird thing, eh? Just to to jump off that point. At one point, I was shooting a hip-hop documentary, right? It never saw the light of day, but I was shooting it. I went to a lot of rappers, but it was focused on rappers, rap with a Trini accent, to find, like, why they do it now. And a lot of the, the older rappers were directly influenced by calypso specifically david rudder so that's like a real, a real interesting you know thing but to to just to jump off of that i am um, i wasn't really influenced by david rudder that way weirdly enough it was more like i think the, the the ragasuka part of suka influenced me more than anything else i would say you know in terms of like how i decided to really put it down At what age would you have been starting to pay attention
1: to that music, the kind of cool stuff from it?
0: I seriously started, like, actually writing and trying to record music when I was, like, around 21, 22. That's when I would have first started. So um, at that point in time in Trinidad, Ragasuka was a big thing. Like, they had a Ragasuka Monarch, um, Bungie, Three Sons, Keelan, they had a lot, it had a lot of ragasuka, Even Marshall was doing ragasuka type things where it's like, um, it was suka, but the suka was a little slow down. It had a more of a kind of dance solo or ragasuka bunks, doggy slaughter, all the men, um, even, okay, is Magsma, well, he was Magadan and he was Magsma, so this is, um, he's go by now. I think he has some other super supercane now. But he and all those guys were, were doing that, um, Ataclan was big too around that time. Ataclan is a very big influence too. Um because since Flambo into the other stuff he did afterwards when he um did stuff with Marshall So Blunt and those things, all those stuff I was um, really influenced by.
1: What is your creative process? Do you need to be in a specific place, do you do specific things to put yourself in a
0: creative state of mind? Nah, I just um, I, I have two modes I work on. So they have like you get inspired. So something will happen to me in my life, or like something happening in news, or like I like to observe people when I travel. Traveling is be a good time to observe people. I will like so, for example, I will be traveling and I'll watch somebody. Um, and somebody might say something like yeah boy only like fellas with man bun be like hmm interesting i'll just jot down that not saying i will use it as a song title but i'll just be like that's oh, interesting and interesting like perspective to take you know so they have that but other than that i just um try to work all the time boy. i don't try to like wait for anything to come i just like just get done um so now like for example now i'm i plan to release like a song like a song or a freestyle first something every week next, next for the next year. Mm-hmm. So, like, i have already compiling songs. And, like, with that, I don't like waiting to see, well, whether I feel anything. I just going to write, you know. Whatever happen, happens, no? happens, mm-hmm. you know. And when you write, like, sometimes you get flashes of brilliance. So I just write. And I just write, and I let people decide. So before I put them out, I would, like, let people I know listen I just... I don't even listen to what they say, yeah? Because the thing with people is... When you play stuff for them... People just feel self-conscious now. They want to tell you something is trash. They be like... Yeah, you know it's song. Yeah, yeah, you should put it out now. You know? <laughs> that kind of thing. So what I do is... Like, when I play something for people... I just watch them. Just observe their body language. And you could tell... Body language don't lie, Now nah. You could always tell... When somebody really likes something. So I just just... I just do songs like... For my last album... I probably did, like, about 30 songs, maybe more. When I started the album, I had a certain set of songs. And from the first set of songs I had, I think I only kept, like, one or two. And this was, like, eight songs I had before. So, I, I just write. And whoever reaches to the universe is up to people, you know? I don't let that get in the way of me, like, doing what I have to do. I just keep doing it. Because that's when you make it get better. You just have to keep writing and keep working. Or?
1: At any point in time felt that a negative criticism or you put out something that you thought was real, this is this is the shit, and you get that feedback like, nah, dog, no, this ain't working. Has that affected you? And, and how did
0: you overcome that to keep on doing what you're doing? The negative feedback doesn't affect you so much. The, in, in 2018, in today's world, the worst thing could happen is you put out something and crickets that's hurt the us because most times when people say boy that shit right is be because it, it that is usually be be like that doesn't usually happen when you put out something that's very div- divisive so it'll be like people real like it and people really hate it and that's be good i don't mind that like people boy that's real shit you should stop doing that that's cool but there's be worse when you put out something and have indifference. Indifference is the worst thing that could happen in this current time. And that is who. be like... There had times when I, I thought things would work, and I didn't. Um, One example that happened to me is I had a song called Box Lunch. right? And I was inspired to write that song because they had a video of teachers stealing box lunch. No? like, eating people box lunch, I was like, yeah, this, this looks like it could resonate, everybody know, knows how box lunch, no? so, I wrote this song, as like, and I played, everywhere I played for like, liked it, no? you know, but, when I put it out, it's like, people just like, shrug, you know, it didn't do anything, no? but the weird thing about that song is, on, um, it's up on like, iTunes and thing, and like, is girl like a good bit of plays now on iTunes? So I don't know, maybe it's just like it didn't drop in the right place. Could be. But that was one of the surprises I get. I don't normally get surprised that much because my process is do a song rough, like totally rough, play it for somebody. If they like it, then that means I have something. I purposefully record things like very rough now. Because I don't want like because it engineered well for somebody to say like, yeah. It's sung in a real professional boy. I don't want that now. I don't want professional sounding songs. I want songs that sound like they could change something or like affect somebody. I don't care about like the, the professionalism is just like, you know. So I, that, that's what I do. And then once I and once I do that and somebody likes it, then then it once it reaches the final stage, I know it reaches a point where they have a good chance that yeah, something I'm happy with. And I do that for singles as well, too, because I realize as artists, we suck at picking the right singles. Like, which is the, like my idea of what is the best song or which is the song that people like. does always be off most times. I realize that as an artist, no matter what anybody will tell you, you want your music. Artists don't want to, artists want to make money, right? But some do want to make money, which is true. And I believe that. But all artists want a music to get heard. That's why you're doing it. If you didn't do it to get hurt, you wouldn't put it out, right? So you always will fall into this space where you'll be like, how can I assure that people will like this? So, you know, you'll try to, you'll follow certain patterns. And, and you know, as a good artist, you're always supposed to stay current and, like, listen to other things in your genre and follow patterns to a certain extent by trying not to get too caught up with that because that is um severely stunts your creativity. You end up just doing what everybody else is doing so what I do is just do what I feel and then let people judge after. If they don't like it, cool. If they like it, cool. Sometimes I may experiment with like um with things that are popular that I like. So like I really like trap hip-hop music. Even though like I really like old school hip-hop, I really like a lot of the, the vibes of some of the new artists and things. Even though they're not lyrical and whatnot, I like the energy of it. So I um will jump on a beat like that, or I would make music with that kind of thing, but I try not to, like, um, I, I try not to. I've probably done it in the past, but I don't think I've been very successful ever with, like, trying to do something because, yeah, just, this will work. I find that is not the, the best way to do things, because the strange thing about it, the weirdest things, this end up working, for some reason. Like the strangest things is end up just coming out of a new way and, um, and hitting. And
1: musically, where, where do you, you just mentioned trap and old school hip-hop, but when you're producing your own music, where do you really go and look for influence
0: from? It's mainly be whatever beat resonates with me. Um, because, so even though I do, I, I consider myself no rap, so I, um, I think I get inspired a lot by hip-hop beats, you know. But what I'm trying to do now going forward is I'm trying to mix it a lot more with, um, with indigenous stuff from the beat perspective. So before then my career, you could say I was making like hip-hop music and hip-hop beats, but I was using our own vernacular and I used to develop my own flows now based on like how we speak and thing. Because how we would flow on a beat as a Trini artist is different to like how you'd flow as an American hip-hop artist based on the way you would sound, your rhyme. You'd certain in and cadences and things. But now I want to move to... Which is part of the reason I went into calling myself rap. So I want to move to the place where Trini hip-hop is its own genre. So, for example... You have Afrobeats, right? Afrobeats is like hip hop influence, but Afrobeats is its own thing, it has its own beat. If you hear Afrobeat, you know it's an Afrobeat now. You're not going to think, um, well, this is hip hop, and them men just rapping African, you know, or with an African accent. They have their own beat now. So, I want to develop a training hip hop beat, but well, it's not as easy as you know, it's very difficult, but that's why I want to. I would like to mix. Calypso and stuff. And I've done it in the past. Like, I have an album called Kai, Kai Flow that I did with engineer, where we sampled um, sampled Calypso, old Calypso, and we put, like, hip-hop beats on it, and we would rap about what the original song was. So we did. We had a song called Ugly Gal. So they have a song called, a called Ugly Woman, about making an ugly woman your wife. So we updated it and say, well, the best thing is if you have an ugly gal as your wife, now and he we went like talking about how the BD and all the benefits of that now. So I, I experimented that way already, but I want to go even more into it because that one was it was sample, sample in calypso, but it was still hip-hop beats now. So if you could find a beat that like could be like a calypso beat or or that kind of beat, but still, you know, I, I want it to be that. People from the U.S. will respect it as its own thing, you know? They will realize, hey, you know, kind of like grime, right? Grime is like what they do in the U.K. Grime have their own bunks, their own flow. Like, you could tell, like, it's hip-hop. They're still rapping. It's still lyrical. But a grime bunks and a hip-hop bunks is different. It's a different beat. How would you then classify, I guess, a rap-so beat? From what I gather, even though it's called rap-so, Rapso, the time when rapso started may have predated hip hop and rap. You understand? So, rapso is more um, influenced by like street poetry, you know? So, I think in the earlys, like Anne and those kind of things. So, in the earlys, it was more like somebody would be drumming and people would be um, like just saying poetic stuff now rhythmically to that drum. So that's why rapso itself is very drum oriented, now. Right. Which was why, which is actually why in the early days I didn't want to call myself rapso, mm. because I knew what rapso was, now. So in my my opinion, I used to tell people is that rapso is some different, now. It's not just like rap and, and clubso. Right, gotcha. Rapso right. is like a whole different thing, now. Right. It's just the name is like kind of. But my my thing is, I actually would like to do that to go more in that vein because that is like. More unique and indigenous than just being on a hip hop beat, it's just like it's just that I want to be able to update it in such a way I could resonate with people in Trinidad. Because I mean, every as I say, any, every artist wants to be mainstream, you want to make money, and i know not going lie and say that's not part of my goals, but I also want to influence that's what I want to do. I want to be influential, like I think about. Uh, when Doc, what Doctor Dre did with G Funk, right? When he had um, when he had the album with Snoop Dogg and those kind of things, right? G Funk became a genre in rap that like brought it to a mainstream. Because after Doctor Dre did his album, Snoop Dogg had his album, and he had all the West Coast artists doing G Funk, and that expanded rap's palette because those people was they were sampling soul samples and stuff now, and I want trivia hip hop to reach mainstream. That's, and, I, and, I, and I find like how it is now, it's in such a way that all we get is flashes in the pan. So you have when we did Cheese Pie and Pack Juice, we we got we had like a moment. And you have um young Rod and Mark Hardy and those guys, they had their moment when they did their stuff. And he had Ruling a Foreign News. And if you remember that, if you know that song, that song called Ruling a Foreign News with my heart, pong. <laughs> that song was a huge hit. He had a moment as well. And chromatics, when he did carnival wrap-up, he had moments. But all we have is moments. We don't have like um we don't have a movement. Nobody wants to say, Yeah, boy, I go on. You go in um hip-hop fat later, boy. I hear thing performing, no. We, we didn't reach that stage now, nah, and I fed up with just having moments. Nah. I don't want to have another personal moment where, okay, face do this thing, and he get play on radio, and Marshall call him out somewhere, and next year does it. Now nah. I want to have, um, I want to have a movement where, I do something, I could be an artist, I can make money off it, and then you have people coming up, and then you have like, billboard will be like, yeah, these people. You know, Trinidad, they have this thing called Trini Hip Hop, but it's not really like rap is like, just like how they have Afrobeats. Afrobeats is actually a genre in iTunes, you know. You could go and submit a, th- that song now. You can't submit rap so or Soka in iTunes, right. If you look for like any of those soccer songs, I challenge you, right. You know what they go under? Wool music, reggae and stuff. Fian released a reggae album the other day, not a Suka album, even though it had Suka on it. So those things are like, you know, that's what I looking at right now with music. I want to, my, the next album I do, that's like the lofty requirements I put on it. Like I want to do something that could influence, at least start the spark that people could jump on and follow it. I mean, you mentioned a lot
1: of names during the conversation that I had no idea about how do you propose then to galvanize this small community to help make it something? Because for me, I think for most part, the creative industries is very segmented.
0: Well, they have a lot of things that have to happen, but the first problem with... So, the thing that hip-hop in general has going for it is that um, there have been some examples of success, right? Even though I call them like just moments, right? But if somebody used to say, "Well, what is Trinidad hip hop?" Somebody could still say, "Yeah, boy, Chromatics did Carnival Rap up, They actually have, you know, they have like a moment or whatever, right?" The problem with hip hop in Trinidad is that um it it is not defin- it is not recognizable and definable by the sound of it, right? So, so in Trinidad, you know what suka is, you know, you know once you hear it, you know, yeah, there's suka or all these genres that successful have that soccer, calypso, you know, you know, calypso thing. But hip hop in Trinidad has a legacy of hip hop in Trinidad. When I talk to a lot of people, a lot of people started rapping in Trinidad because they heard Wu Tang. Wu Tang is like, you know, it has to be officially proven, but a lot of people, the early people influenced by Wu Tang, right? So hip hop started off because it's not a Trinidadian creation and maybe that that might be part of the answer that's why a lot of people started off basically um emulating what they saw from the U.S. right but that is one of the biggest um obstacles hip-hop being generally accepted because most of the songs in Trinidad that got like real acceptance is like songs that Trini you know, songs like about Trini accent or and or Trini topic because how people could relate to and that's what hip-hop is about essentially, you now. It's is about seeing things that resonate with people like, yeah, I really, yeah, I feel this, you know and in my opinion I know some people might hear this and be like boy, this man thing, you know, people rap with American accent I'm not, I really not because I do enjoy a, a lot of the artists who rap with a US accent but in my opinion, from the evidence I've seen and I'm a real evidence-based person. If, if I'm proven wrong, I'm proven wrong. From what I've observed, people in Trinidad really resonate. If you rap with your own accents and you rap with topics that they could relate to, that's, that is it, right? But as only that is still only one piece of the puzzle. I've noticed personally, as somebody who raps with a Trini accent that the beat is another thing. Because I'll be rapping on hip-hop beats, right? But unless you're into hip-hop culture you wouldn't really resonate with that beat you know we ensure we, um, we that we, res- we we tend to more resonate with like a, a soccer type bunks um, instead now It's not that people don't like hip-hop but I have actually actively noticed that's part of the problem. so I think the beat becoming something if we could find a beat that, um, we could stamp as a Trini hip-hop beat. Those would be the start of it. Now, they have a lot of other things happening. Eh? Like, I've spoke to people about this. For one, the reason why Soka is so successful is because there's a festival built around it, right? Carnival, and they have now that that festival has spilled over to even other parts of the world, which helps its case even more. Because Carnival exists, this is the place where Soka artists can make money. They could be booked. And as I've told people, as somebody um, who had like a a moment, a flash in the pan moment, when you have that moment, so let's say you're at hip-hop parties, you have a hit playing on radio. The next thing is, well, how do I get paid? Performances. In that nobody will just hire to perform, even if you have a hit song. I hear how they'll hire. They'll say, you don't mind coming out and perform for me, boy? You'll get exposure, you'll get more fans. So you had to perform for free. You're not getting paid. Because and the reason why you're not getting paid is they want to know where there's more than a moment. If it's not more than a moment, they're not willing to pay. But because an established festival, um, and the new concert goes going anyway. It's just you're just using your popular song to, you know, satisfy them. Then you have a way of getting paid, and then that's where when you can get paid consistently, that's where things become sustainable. And when things become sustainable, then our artist could invest more in the next project. That's how things work. So if I know if I put out a good song and mix, I'll get money and then I could invest more, then the music gets better and better now. So that's the all those are the next stages. Yeah, like your festival, we have to have like collectives. Collectives work really good too. If you have like a group and thing, but before we do that, we have to have a definable sound. We have to have a sound that people Inside, local and abroad, can see this is what Trini hip hop looks like. sounds like this is what it is, right? Rapso, even rapso has a has a song, you know. I mean, yeah, you have um, for the resistance, you have Kindred and all. But when people hear when people hear a rap-so song, there's no Rapsu, now. But Trini hip hop, when people hear Trini hip hop song, is either they will be like, "He from Trinidad," or they don't know that it's Trini hip hop. They just know it's Hip hop. Now, some people may argue, and I'll counter. them, I'll be my own devil's advocate. Some people may say, But hip-hop is a global genre. You know, why limited to Trinidad? That's what they'll say. But my argument with that is I don't believe that it's productive to be in Trinidad and be doing a global genre and not be adding anything to it or make putting your spin on it. Because Hip-hop came out of dance hall, well hip-hop, no, not a dancehall, sorry. Hip hop originated in Jamaica. This is when um in Jamaica they was doing something called toasting. And Cool Hook, who first started, like considered one of the, the fathers of hip-hop, he's a Jamaican and he brought the toasting culture to the US. And the US didn't do like toasting, they did their own thing, and that's how they have hip-hop. And so that's how you do a genre right. You get influenced by one and you make it your own. Like grime started out a hip hop and then they put their own spin on it and they have grime. And now anybody worldwide know what a grime artist is and these guys can make money off of it. But to me, if you just take in somebody's genre and you just, I mean, you could do that, but I don't think that is the most effective way to do it, I should say. I mean, so that's my opinion. Yeah
1: leads me into this question, what do you want to be
0: most remembered for? I, I think, um, I think, I'll, I'll, I will um, answer it in two parts, right? So they have immediately, I think uh, when I'm when I ready to, ready to rack up my creativity, which will probably be on my deathbed, you know, because I don't see myself stop stopping being creative because other than music, I really like writing and stuff. I like writing articles. Um, I I wrote a screenplay for a movie that I'm doing that coming out in 2020 based on one of my albums. So even that I want to get into now, like writing screenplays, writing plays. So I want to do a lot of things. So in general, I want to be remembered for like, impacting the creative industry in Trinidad significantly. Like, I don't know if you ever, if you ever got a chance to watch Quincy Jones as a documentary on Netflix. Like, how Quincy Jones, like, this man's friggin' amazing. Man worked with Frank Sinatra. Then he went on to work with Michael Jackson. Then he went on to do We Are The World, the first of those kind of songs to relief songs. Then he went on to, like, produce Fresh Prince, like another cultural, like how we touch all those things now. Overall, I want to be like that. I want to be able to touch with my fingerprints, like, everywhere now. And that's why it's good that I have the recording studio now, because before I wasn't in enough control to, like, make movements happen. And hopefully, as time goes on, I'm more in an ownership state where I could say, because in Trinidad, owners very conservative, like business owners, and people in positions won't do what needs to be done. So for example, person might own a club, right? Now the club owners will say, boy, but if we hire all your local people, nobody will come, right? But they are, but they know that there are ways to do it, that you could do it, that you will make money and still push the genre. But what they're really saying, and I really blaming them for it, but what they're really saying is, but why expending that effort? You know, why? You know, but me. If I in that position i would because i have a reason to i'm invested in the culture it's not just about the money right but to do it i need to be in the position to do that because other people who any position are not going to do it you know when they're going to do it they'll do it when somebody like me does it and they see the profit then everybody all of a sudden will be like hey local hip-hop yeah you know we only the thing so that's what does eventually want to be but like, right now, what I'm focusing on in terms of my personal music, I want to be influential in Trini hip-hop into making it, like, a respected and recognized... I say in Trini hip-hop, but it's not going to be called that... I, I assume when it gets popular, somebody will give it a good name. Because that always be. <laughs> it always be some journalist will come and, like, give it a catchy name, and that will be it, and I cool. Because if you think of even Suka, they spell Suka S-O-K-H, and that didn't stick. Yeah. Somebody was clever enough to give it the S-O-C-A, which is easy. Two syllables, everything, you know, it looks good and everything. So I know when trini hip-hop makes it big, it will get. But I want um, trini hip-hop to be the uh, genre that is respected and sustainable, just like soccer. So I want it to be like, okay. January to January, February or Christmas, I don't know, they're kind of pushing back Christmas or whatever. Christmas of February Isuka okay July August is hip-hop. That's why I looking at. That's where I looking at it with it. I'm not looking like I don't want any more moments. I mean not saying that yeah I mean moments is what you need before that but I'm not satisfied with moments. I'm not satisfied with just yeah boy David I hear on radio you, but you big no way and not satisfied with just that now nah. I will only be satisfied when I see just like how on radio. The advertising, the they advertising this Fet and the artists in it, when they're advertising this Fet and the rap artist in it, that's when i satisfied. That's when I'll be like, okay, cool. And I, and it's not just about me. I want to be able to start it and define something and let people copy me and jump on on it and then continue the trend. Mm-hmm. That's when I'll be satisfied. Yeah, so where do we find all this music that's being produced? I would say it's real fragmented right now. Um, like So, I mean, all of it is on the, all the platforms, right? But it's not, it's not like in a place where you could just easily touch it. Like how people now know, like, if I go to Julian's Promos, I go here the new Soka. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I would say, like, you'll have to go YouTube or somebody you'll have to suggest, suggest it to you, which is, I guess, part of the problem right now in terms of that. But what I have been trying to do as well, like on Apple Music, I've started, like, building playlists for certain stuff. So I actually um, started building some playlists for Trini Hip Hop, even for soccer as well. Because weirdly enough, um, I've started building on Apple Music a best of like every year in soccer. Because they didn't, actually didn't have that now. Um, so that's why I've started doing even for hip hop. So I would say that's like a place where people could go and like listen to some hip hop. But in general... Unfortunately, is if somebody tell you of a song and you go and listen to it, or somebody tell you of an album or send you links, that's basically how it is right now.
1: Well, David, thank you very, very much. I mean, the first one before I then let
0: me just give some shout outs and some you any main impo-
1: important part, yeah, too, any plugs, all your, your, your Instagram and
0: yeah, Instagram, yeah, all the plugs and the shout outs, yes, for sure. Now, nah, but first, before I start, I just want to thank you all a lot for having me, I mean, doing the interview. I mean, I was watching the sites and Mm -hmm. stuff, so I was really glad to... I actually wanted to to do this one, uh, like do the interview and stuff. And for podcast number Number one, one (laughs) big up, I mean, uh, I would tell anybody listening to this to make sure and go and check out the site, the crayons, and not only check out my interview and my stuff, but check out other people because the beauty of the site is even people I don't know, most sites I would just go and like, Check and see who I know and read about them. But this one, even people I don't know, I'll read about and interest in uh, to see where they're coming from. So curious to you all. And of course, I want to big up my recording studio feature Crab Studios in Shagonas. Um I big up Ravi and Kit. That's my two business partners. Um, big up ballistic boys. Um, that's the production team we're working with as well. Big up my brother Daniel, big up my wife Kim. And, uh, you know, just everybody else, um, to find me, um, check out the website, the hardest working Trinidad artist, check out my website. And I mean, there you would go to all my social media links and whatnot, but just, um, switch for the face on any platform. You should see me check out the new album, Mogul Music. You can actually find that on, um. Well, that's on all digital platforms. If you're an Apple Music user or any of the platforms, you can listen to the album. But, you know, you could find the album on the websites And um, look out for the... I had a Kickstarter running for my movie. I have a Kickstarter running for my movie project. Um, right now, it's one third funded. And I want to shout out all the people who helped me so far. So that actually um, allowed me to build screen playwriting software and, you know, start shooting. But um, if anybody listening willing to, you know, want to contribute, they could go to my website and um, contribute to the project. And look out for the movie coming out in 2020. That will be coming out in the debuting in Trinidad Film Festival. It's going to be, first time in Trinidad, it's going to be a movie... What they call an audio-visual album. So, it will contain all the music from the album with music videos, but it will be connected by a storyline. So, a storyline would be... A storyline based on all the songs would be the um, plot of the movie. So, it's going to be real exciting stuff. So... And yeah, does it. And of course, you know, big up thanks for having me again.
1: A huge thank you for David for coming through and thank you for listening.
0: Please share this episode with
1: someone who would find it valuable. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts to get new episodes as they become available. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. It will help us reach other listeners just like you. Find additional content on a Follow us on Instagram at a big box of crayons. Until next time friends remember we are all the same and the fact that we'll never be the same stay colorful the we are crayons podcast is a production of a big box of crayons all rights reserved